from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. Full speed ahead on this Tuesday. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well. However you may be finding us today, there's so many different avenues. Help us spread the word, won't you, that you can find the Black and Blue Report now on both team apps, the Pelicans app and the Saints app, on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, and, of course, for free, on iTunes. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, producer Dan's alongside. We are kind of gearing up, doing a little stretching this morning as we get ready for a very busy day here on campus. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to a kickoff. Can you believe it? On Tuesday, we're talking about kickoff for the Saints and the Falcons, of course, because they're on Thursday night football this week. And we just wrapped up the NFL weekend last night. What a finish. <laughs> um, I don't normally weigh in on this stuff, but that, uh, that call at the end or that non-call or that call then no call or however you want to call it last night uh, gives the Carolina Panthers the win. They've won six straight, and they are still right on your heels, Saints fans. One game back in the division. Uh, again, one call didn't necessarily define the game. I don't want to take anything away from the Panthers, but uh, mm, tough finish last night for the Patriots and their fans and um, for football in general, I think. So... That one's going to get some conversation. That one's also going to take away some of the conversation uh, that seemed to be running wild yesterday about the hit on Drew Brees on Sunday in their win over the 49ers. But this is, I think this is, this is a part of why we love the games and the human element of the game. And so uh, while replay has benefited many, uh, it's a good thing to have in, in most of the big league sports. Um, there's still a human element, and it, and it provides com- conversation and uh, upset folks and happy folks and all kinds of different things. So those variables, I think, are part of what makes the game work, and the game can be the NFL or the NBA or college basketball or Major League Baseball or anything else. So, But an uh, interesting way to end the NFL weekend last night, that's for sure. Um, and somehow, some way, I did stay up late enough to see <laughs> that thing unfold before uh, I could no longer keep my eyes open. So... Uh, we are out of one NFL weekend and into another, and today's show is uh, jam-packed for sure on both sides of our ledger over here, Pelicans and Saints. On the football side, we'll uh, get introduced today to Mike Mayock, who uh, you full well know is the analyst for the NFL Network's Thursday night NFL coverage. We're pleased to have him here today. John DeShazer is going to sit down with Mike, and they're going to talk about, of course, the Saints-Falcons game on Thursday night. We're going to get a national perspective on the NBA and the Pelicans as ESPN's Chris Broussard stops by on this edition of the Black and Blue Report. And it's been a little too long, so we bring in the uh, television announcer for the Pelicans. That is Joel Myers, and uh, we'll get his uh, State of the Pelicans uh, thoughts as we get set for the rest of this homestand with games on Wednesday and Friday at New Orleans Arena. So a very busy show for you today. Uh, we may throw in another surprise or two, but certainly... Uh, that's that's enough. Uh, on airline drive today, the Pelicans are practicing uh, in the morning, 
and the Saints are practicing in the early afternoon. What we're trying to do today, or what the Saints are attempting to accomplish, is to basically take what normally gets done on Tuesday and Wednesday and put it all into this Tuesday. So not only will they have an extensive practice, we'll hear from Saints head coach Sean Payton later today, quarterback Drew Brees, who normally speaks on Wednesday, and the coordinators, primarily defensive coordinator Rob Ryan, who normally speaks on Friday. All of that happens today, and there'll be a full report for you later on today on NewOrleansSaints.com, and we'll have some of that for you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, which also happens to be a Pelicans game day tomorrow. So if you think today's show is busy, wait till we get to uh, Wesley Day or our hump day version of the Black and Blue Report tomorrow. Don't forget, you can follow the show on Twitter to get all of the uh, lineup details, at Black Blue Reports. And then my personal Twitter account is at Sean Kelly Live. That's S-E-A-N-K-E-L-L-E-Y, live. And then uh, producer Dan over there is at D. Salerson. So make sure you follow him, too. He uh, He's kind of the glue when it comes to uh, Black and Blue Report and the uh, Pelicans Radio Network and uh, certainly some of our Saints coverage, too. So a uh, good one to follow, that's for sure. All right, so there's your lineup today. Chris Broussard, Joel Myers, and Mike Mayock. From the NFL Network, Uh, Mike's a big guest for us, so good get, and uh, we're excited to bring that to you. As a matter of fact, we'll get that to you right away. Let's do that here after our first time out. John DeShazer into the studio here in just a moment with NFL Network's Mike Mayock in one minute. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We are joined now by Mike Mayock. Mike is the analyst for NFL Network's Thursday Night Football. He's joined there by play-by-play man Brad Nessler and sideline reporter Alex Flanagan. Also, NFL Network's Thursday Night Football continues this week when the Saints face Atlanta at 7 p.m. East, excuse me, Central Time in Atlanta. Coverage begins at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time with the NFL Total Access Kickoff pregame show. And Mike, uh, I guess... I was looking at a little bit of bio information on you, and one of the things I noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, your first NFL playoff game as a broadcaster was the Saints at Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hate to bring up bad memories for for all you Saints fans, but but that would be uh, correct. Oh, man. So what was that game like? I mean, that was one of those games where everybody was saying, man, how can a division division winner with a losing record has no business in the playoffs, and then they jump up and, and beat a pretty good Saints team? Yeah, and you know what? My takeaway from that game is just how loud that facility is. And, 
you know, we talk about dome stadiums all the time and the noise, but that was by far the loudest outdoor stadium I've ever been in as a player or an announcer. And, and the excitement that day, whether you're a fan, uh, a Saints fan or not, I, I kind of felt like the energy in that building was awesome that day. Yeah. Now, now, folks, you know, just in case you're listening, um, we just asked Mike as we came on the air, I asked him what he was doing. He said he was sitting in his basement uh, watching film. Um, if you've watched him on NFL Network or if you've heard him uh, during his Notre Dame broadcast, also you notice that this guy is pretty knowledgeable, not pretty knowledgeable, extremely knowledgeable, and a, uh, and a real film hound, I guess. Uh, are you watching film of the Saints right now? And what have you seen of him so far this season? Yeah, you know, my, my background is watching film comes from my dad because he was, he was my high school coach and, and uh, a high school coach for 40 years. And uh, he kind of told me if I ever make a comment on a player without watching tape first, he'd shoot me. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was up real early yesterday morning. I watched a, a ton of uh, Saints and Falcon tape. And, and my takeaway from the Saints uh, on the offensive side of the ball I think that Sean Payton is as good a matchup coach as there is in the NFL. Um, the matchups they get with Sproles, with Jimmy Graham, what they get off their play play action game, um, I think they do a phenomenal job. Uh, I think the quarterback is playing as well as he's ever played at age 34. And I think defensively, I, I love what Rob Ryan does because uh, he tries to take away what you do best and then he gets you on third and long and watch out because then he brings all that exotic stuff. So um, if you're a Saints fan, I, I think the, the forecast is good. I, I think it's a top five team in the league right now, and uh, they just need to take care of business on Thursday night. You know, expectations certainly weren't for this Saints defense to perform as well as it has. Um, back-to-back opponents have been held to less than 200 yards. That's the first time that's happened since the 2000 season. Uh, coming into this season, would you have foreseen that kind of output from this unit? I mean, after all, they gave up a league record 7,042 yards last year, and I think anybody, most people expected some improvement, but, but this is pretty drastic. And again, as a coach's son, I'm always fascinated by the influence of coaching. And everybody always says, ah, it's a player's league. And it's, well, I think the Saints are a really interesting case because without their head coach, the whole season went in the opposite direction a year ago. And then the head coach comes back, who's also effectively in charge of their offense. And Drew Brees all of a sudden plays the way Drew Brees has always played. And then defensively, you hire Rob Ryan, and the entire complexion of defense has changed again. And uh, when you watch the tape, what you see is a bunch of guys playing really hard. You see everybody who understands the scheme the coach has put together. And the one thing, the one player I'd really like to highlight is Cam Jordan. And if you're making a list for defensive MVPs in the league this year, very quietly he's having that kind of season. And he's got seven sacks, two forced fumbles. But more than that, his motor is as good as any player in the league, and he's become a difference maker. Now, uh, now, folks, uh, Mike also was an NFL safety for the Giants for a couple of years, uh, 82 and 83. And, and, you know, we know that Sean Payton is a, is a Bill Parcells disciple, but he seems to be a little different than most Parcells disciples. Most of those guys are defensive-minded, whereas Sean is an offensive guy. But do you see – 
much of uh, Parcells' influence on Sean Payton. I mean, he 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 references uh, Bill Parcells quite often, and and you know, I guess you know, I guess we could not be uh, not be shortchanging him by saying he he's pretty reverent toward Bill Parcells. Yeah, I think most most coaches are highly respectful of the coaching tree they come from, and they have certain mentors. And I think in in Sean's case, Bill Parcells is certainly one of the main guys, and you can see it uh, if you look at his offensive line. He, he likes the big-bodied offensive lineman. He likes to have the quarterback, like a Phil Sims back in the day, be able to step up into the pocket with the they short set in the, in the interior offensive line. The tackles push people by. Uh, you can see, you can look at the defense, and you can see the size and speed of the defenders. And so, I think from a personnel perspective, you can see an awful lot of Bill Parcells. From a scheme perspective, I think Sean has kind of developed over the years his own personality. And as I said earlier, I really think today's NFL is about matchups, and I think he's the best matchup offensive coach in football. Okay, now we're going to shift gears a little bit because, Mike, I know you're, you're one of those guys. I, I hate to call you a draft guru because most people don't like to be called that kind of thing. But you are a guy who's heavily involved in NFL draft work. Uh, you host the path to the draft uh, during the draft season on NFL Network. And, 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 you know, just talk about the background in that because you're extremely knowledgeable about, about what you do. I mean, obviously you said you watch a lot of film and what your dad told you, and obviously uh, you do a good job at it because he hadn't shot you. But, <laughs> but talk about, you know, everything that goes into that and how much do you enjoy, you know, being that, that you know, not gym rat, but the film rat who goes in and, and breaks down these players and, and, and identifies who can do what and under what circumstances. Well, I, um, I think I'm really fortunate because the three main parts of my job all work so well together. So, in other words, I've got Thursday night football where I have to watch an awful lot of NFL tape to get ready for Thursday games. I've got Notre Dame games, so I have to watch a bunch of college tape to get ready for the college Notre Dame games. And then I've got the draft where uh, you've got to put both the college and the NFL hat on and try to evaluate how a player will do at the next level. So um, I, th- I think everything complements each other. Hopefully it helps me get better at each individual job. And the, the reality is that if somebody told me 15 years ago I could get paid to do what I love to do, which is to be involved in football at any level, I, I would have said, man, that's, that's like Jesse James. I, I'd be stealing without a gun. So. <laughs> Um, I'm just really appreciative. I, I love what I do, and I'm very fortunate. Well, I'll tell you what, speaking of appreciative and fortunate, Mike, we are appreciative and fortunate for you to join us here on the Black and Blue Report today. We really appreciate your time. Hey, my pleasure, and it's really fun to watch the Saints, and, and I wish you guys well. Okay, thank you so much. And we will be back on the Black and Blue Report with ESPN's Chris Broussard. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans for Guys Night Out, presented by Mellow Mushroom on Oak. Guys Night Out happens at home games throughout the season and includes two tickets, two draft beers, two pint glasses, a post-game photo with two dance team members, and a $10 gift card to Mellow Mushroom on Oak for as low as $88. Grab your pals and get on board for the next Guys Night Out on Friday, November 22nd against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Visit pelicans.com for tickets today. 
Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for the Pelicans and Saints fans. Um, you're from Louisiana, aren't you? Yes. Yes. I was born in Baton Rouge, and my parents went to Xavier University here in New Orleans. That's where they met. My father's from Opelousas. My mother's from Baton Rouge. I have family in Lake well, Welcome Charles, home. Lafayette. It's good to be home, man. Yeah, that's Chris I love Broussard. it down here. I have family still down here. I come down here a lot. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that's Chris Broussard from ESPN's NBA coverage. He's in town. I, I guess you're here to see AD, I would imagine. I'm here to see AD. He's playing terrifically, obviously. Um, it's good to see a young player emerge uh, as a big man. And mm-hmm. I know he's got perimeter skills, too. But the league is sorely lacking really high quality big men so i'm glad he's emerging as what looks to be a potential superstar i don't want to say that davis and howard are the same type of player they're completely different but do you remember the quantum leap that dwight howard took from year one to year two i think that's what i'm seeing in anthony davis you tell me what you think yes i i do agree uh that's a great comparison i hadn't thought about that the difference though is that anthony's more skilled Yes, they're two different Far players, but remember the, yeah, the size but the, leap, the leap. Yeah, yes. yeah that's, that's very similar. And, you know, it's, it's funny because when Dwight, you know, when he was in high school, uh, there was talk that he might be like a three-man in the NBA. Wow. I had talked to him even when he was a senior in high school, and he thought he might end up being like that. Obviously, now he's the, <laughs> probably the best center in the league. But, uh, yeah, that's a good comparison. I do see a similar type jump. Okay, um, let me ask you this. We're, we're so point guard heavy now in, in the league as far as that seems to be the premier position and rightfully so in a lot of cases. Can a big man like Anthony Davis, can that be your franchise player? Can we get back to that era oh, in this? No question. No. In fact, if you ask most general managers, and I'm speculating because I haven't asked them this question, but just in talking with them, I think most would prefer a superstar four or at least – Several, I'd say more than half would prefer a superstar four slash five than a point guard. Um, Because when you really look at it, there's only been one normal size point guard who's ever led a team to a championship, led the team. Like he's been the best player. And that's Isaiah Thomas. That's it. No one else. Chris Paul's terrific. Derrick Rose is terrific. They haven't led teams as championships. There are a sizable number of executives that believe if your best player is 6'1", 6'2", you're not winning it. You know, And even though we don't see the dominant bigs that we used to see, who are the players still winning? Tim Duncan is a dominant big, but LeBron James. Indiana is a humongous team, and they're right now the best team in the league. Um, and they don't have a terrific point guard. They've got George Hill, who's solid. So, yes, I, I would prefer, if I were running the team, and again, I'd say most executives, if I had the choice, I'd prefer a player like Anthony Davis than a point guard, a, you know, six one, six two point guard who's a superstar. Interesting take. Chris Broussard from ESPN. Real quick before I let you go, the holiday season is upon us. We're going to ramp toward the big Christmas Day games. That seems to be a signpost in the NBA. 
What will be, give me in your eyes, the one or two big headlines around the NBA as we get toward Christmas Day? Well, one, and even though it doesn't affect contending status as far as teams, Kobe Bryant's return. A lot of people thinking he may return around Christmas or a little before, a little after. Uh, I think the Chicago Bulls, how are they playing? We know they've struggled so far. Derrick Rose hasn't been himself. If he's not himself or close to it by Christmas, then I think you'll have people really beginning to wonder, is he going to come back uh, like the old Derrick Rose? I think he will. But if we don't see any of that consistently by Christmas, I think that'll be an issue. And Indiana, will they still have the best record in the league? Will they still look like a juggernaut? Um, you know, and maybe will Miami catch them by then? So there, there'll be a lot of interesting storylines uh, as we head toward Christmas. Great season because I think there are more uh, quote-unquote contenders than we've seen uh, that I can even ever remember. I think you've got about nine teams that – feel like and can legitimately tell their fan base we we think we can reach the finals david stern got mad at me because i told him par- i used the word parody and he said that's an nfl word let's use competitiveness so that was that was commissioner <laughs> yes Stern's it's take. not it's not quite like the nfl no, where you can jump as the kansas city chiefs have shown us from last to first uh but you do see like i said in the west you've got uh houston golden state the L.A. Clippers, San Antonio, Oklahoma, who all can feel like we have a legitimate chance to reach the finals. And in the East, you've got Indiana, Miami, uh, Chicago. And I'm giving – I'm still going to say Brooklyn, although they're, they're obviously struggling. I, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> they're old. But, yep. you know, yes. on paper they looked good. You know, before the season, a lot of people thought they could compete. So uh, we have – usually it's four or five, maybe six teams you think could get to the finals. And now it's more than ever, and it's great for the league. And and I picked the Pelicans to reach the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, in the preseason. I do so many picks that I, I don't know what I picked. But I think I picked the Pelicans to re- finish eighth. But the West is so tough. It is. And Dallas health is, is the storyline well, for everybody, yeah. And Minnesota I really like a lot. So now that I look at it, I love what the Pelicans are building, but – I probably don't see them make the playoffs this year in the West. They, they probably make it in the East. We'll see. We'll see. I, you're a believer. That's I, good. I, you should be. I am. I am. But again, it's. <laughs> I a, like them a lot. Yes, but health matters. But, health is key for this but team. Even health is, is key it, for health Minnesota. Is key for everybody, but yes. I don't think. That, I think you're right. I mean, we know Minnesota's had health problems in the past, and if Ricky Rubio goes down, that could change everything. Dallas Dirk Nowitzki is older. Something like that happens. You're right. But uh, I think their thing is just youth and coming together and getting to know one another. Uh, before they really become a, a, a good playoff team. Good good stuff. Will you come back sometime soon? Sure. Okay. Welcome home, by Bring the way. Me, fly me down. I'd uh, love to we'll, come down. Okay. <laughs> I'll see what the uh, budget here is for our little uh, podcast. I'll come down as yeah. much as you want. <laughs> Enjoy your visit with AD. Um, eat well, and we'll yeah, see yeah, you down the road here. All right. Chris Broussard from ESPN. Uh, we'll be back with more on the Black and Blue Report in just a minute. Okay. You've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. 
And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Pelicans continue their homestand tomorrow night. Two more games in the homestand. First to Utah on Wednesday night and then Cleveland on Friday after their win on Saturday. Things feel a little better after that rough West Coast trip. Our uh, basketball conversation continues this morning with uh, Joel Myers, the uh, television voice of the Pelicans on Fox Sports New Orleans. Joel, first of all, happy Tuesday to you. I know that we're excited to get back at it tomorrow night. Uh, Did you feel any better about things or did your take on the Pelicans change a little bit after the way the homestand started against Philadelphia the other night? No, nothing's changed because it's so early in the season, but I, I wish they would have played yesterday, and I said that to David as we were finishing up the show on Saturday night, that uh, it would have been nicer after you have it a, a game like that, a complete game, where the first three quarters you held them to, what, 20, 22, and 24 points, and you do things right defensively, and all the things fell into place offensively that you play not necessarily the next night but on Monday as opposed to waiting four days until you play on Wednesday again. So hopefully there'll be continuity, consistency, some carryover from what they already had on Saturday. Joe, help me out with this because you've been doing this a long, long time now in the NBA, but even in my time, I can't remember a schedule early in the season where you've seen teams, so many of them, multiple times. It's going to happen again tomorrow as you're going to play the Jazz for the second time. Um, can you remember such a overlap or a duplicity, if you will, uh, in a schedule this early? Well, it's as you know, when they put together the schedule, Matt Winnick, the vice president, who does it every summer and kind of sequesters himself off somewhere in Colorado, a lot has to do, believe it or not, with building availability. More than they don't look at, is this team going to see that team? Although things have changed to the, the one point that, uh, and I was reading a story over the weekend about it, home and away uh, series where a lot of teams early this year, and this is different, not necessarily seeing teams, you know, a week later after you just saw them like the Utah Jazz, but uh, playing a team one night in your building and then playing them the next night in their building. That is different, and, and we've seen a bunch of that already over the first three weeks of the season. That's a lot like hockey, isn't it? The old traditional home-and-home home series. We used to see it with the Blues and the right. Blackhawks. So and blood. It doesn't go away. It's right there on, on stage the next night. With regard to the Pelicans, do you think it benefits or does it not even matter that they're seeing teams uh, quickly again, like the Utah Jazz? I don't think it matters for a young team that's trying to find themselves and trying to find consistency. Uh, they need to worry about themselves and their execution more than anything else. Uh, this part of the schedule, as we both know, though, was a time to capitalize the first 10 to 15 games because the last 10 to 15 games of the season can be brutal. You saw it with Oklahoma City a couple of times and some of their quality opponents. Uh, so you wanted to take advantage, and let's see if they can over the next five or six with Utah Wednesday, Cleveland Friday, and Kyrie Irving's coming off a 42-point effort, um, although they're in a situation where they're trying to find themselves as well. So. Let's see if they can pick it up more than anything else. The Pelicans can stop teams from scoring 30 or more points in a quarter. That's going to be a key because I think this team will be able to score. 
where are they struggling, Joel, Joel, in your eyes, on stopping those teams? Is there a particular aspect of another team's attack that seems to stymie the Pelicans at the moment? It's, it's basic pick and roll. Uh, where we've seen guys high screens, 25, 30 feet from the basket. I'm not telling you something you haven't seen. And there's nobody helping out in front of the rim. Now, it helps to have an old-fashioned rim protector. But even with that said, Robin Lopez last year wasn't your old-fashioned rim protector. Your heavy, you know, power forward four from the old days, uh, kind of the bruiser type, or a big center that you would see and wouldn't leave home. Uh, it'll come together as they trust each other and rotate a little bit better, and hopefully it comes together real soon before these road trips come up because there's some difficult ones coming up with uh, New York on the horizon and then at Chicago, and they're trying to find themselves as well. Anthony Davis, um, Chris Broussard was on the show earlier, Joel, and uh, he's he was here this week to talk to Anthony Davis, and you know he's obviously garnering a lot of attention now nationally with the way that he started his season. Think back over your career, you know, high draft picks, uh, that one- to two-year jump, are you seeing a typical jump for a guy like Anthony Davis, or is this a little out of the norm? No, it's it's not out of the norm. Maybe it, it's magnified here because, to Monty's credit, he was kind of protecting Anthony last year so that he didn't have to face uh, when Robin Lopez went to the bench, maybe a Dwight Howard. He didn't put him at the five when maybe they needed help as a backup at the five. So it's not out of the ordinary it may be more dramatic here because of the minutes he had last season, the games played, and the guys that he was defending. Plus, it wasn't what's going on right now. When Anthony Davis is on the floor, this team is upwards of almost, not quite, uh, I think it's a little over 98 after the game Saturday night, maybe 99 possessions per 48 minutes. When he's not on the floor, it's dramatic. It's 91 hmm. per 48 minutes for the squad. So it's a totally different mentality. Anthony Davis can run. Anthony Davis is a gazelle for his size. He is off the charts, uh, his skill set. And, and I can't wait till they start to find him. And, and it'll take a year or two where he knows what he can do, his strengths, and how he can create that window, that position, and that opportunity down on the block, six to eight from the basket. Because the way he can jump up over people and the little jumper, jump hook, whatever he wants to do with it, uh, he is going to be a phenomenal player for this franchise for a long time to come. This is going to be, I've said it before, and I've said it to you, uh, a destination point. Players are going to want to come to New Orleans now because they're going to want to play with Anthony Davis. Interesting stuff. Joel Myers, television voice of the Pelicans on Fox Sports New Orleans with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Joel, hey, before I let you go, Ryan Anderson returned to the lineup this past Saturday in that game and a big win over the Philadelphia 76ers. You and I had both talked about the impact that he would have on the floor and how it's spaced and what it'll do for that second unit. Were you surprised at how quickly he made an impact in coming back from injury after missing those first nine games? Yeah, but you, you, you probably everybody had to be surprised because of game conditioning and, and not being all that conditioned because he couldn't be. He was riding a bike like Darius Miller. Um, so that's why, as you and I both saw, and you probably talked about it on the air with John and I talked about it with David, when everybody else was off the floor late in the third, he was on the floor with the reserves and stayed out there in a blowout. And it was for Monty saying, I, I need to get you fit. And that's what it boiled down to. What, what the biggest positive was, what it could mean for Tyreek Evans and how he can find his role on this team. Uh, they combined for 41-26, of course, for Ryan. 
But now to be out on the floor with Anderson and then to find their trends, tendencies, where they like the ball, um, Tyreek Evans is going to have better spacing now to make his penetration, his, his dribble drives, and the attacks that we've seen over his first four years with Sacramento. Plus, don't forget, he was always a starter. Tyreek Evans, out of a possible 257 games, started 247 for the Sacramento Kings. So he's learning now to come off the bench, and that's different as well. Uh, plus, he wasn't in shape. You miss a whole preseason, and he looked like he was out of shape over the last few games. And that's not a knock against him. That goes back to what we were talking about with Ryan Anderson, just getting game fitness. You, you can't do it in practice. It's got to be reps during the game and out there at game speed. And fortunately, I hope now at game speed, it's a lot of possessions per 48 minutes because for this team to succeed, I truly believe they've got to push the pace. They have to run the basketball most of the time. Uh, and Evans lost, what, 13 pounds since the ankle injury. That was pretty wild when he talked about that going into Saturday's game. Hey, best of best to you and David tomorrow night on your call. We'll be looking forward to it, of course, on Fox Sports New Orleans. 7 o'clock tip at New Orleans Arena as the uh, Pelicans welcome the Utah Jazz. Joel, as always, thank you very much. We'll look forward to seeing you at the arena tomorrow night. Thanks. Joel Myers with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Back with a little bit more for you on this Tuesday in just a moment. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. Loads of coverage later today on NewOrleansSaints.com. Of course, again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're kind of cramming Tuesday and Wednesday together with regard to the Saints schedule. So today, uh, a lot of opportunities uh, for us to get inside what the Saints are doing and get us ready for their matchup with the Falcons on Thursday. So later on today on the website, you've got uh, head coach Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Rob Ryan, and a whole lot more as the locker room will be open later on today as well. All of that happening about the same time. So you'll start to see things probably, oh, I don't know, 3.30 on would be a good time to start making sure you're around uh, NewOrleansSaints.com or the Saints app to start gathering in all the stuff from our campus uh, today. Uh, studio B will uh, be silent tomorrow. We'll be over at our New Orleans Arena studios for the Black and Blue Reports. We'll have some of that Saints uh, content for you tomorrow. We'll also talk to, let's see, uh, the Pelicans, of course, because they're getting ready for the Utah Jazz. That tip-off is at 7 tomorrow night at New Orleans Arena. There are still tickets available. Uh, tomorrow we'll also visit with Ian Eagle, who will be calling the uh, Saints-Falcons game on the radio side. That's at a national level. Uh, as well, and uh, Steve Weish from the NFL Network, um, who has unique perspective on the Atlanta Falcons, 
He'll be a part of tomorrow's Black and Blue Report, too. Busy, busy, busy. These next couple of shows are going to be uh, jam-packed. Thanks again for joining us. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. And again, uh, we'll see you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report starting at noon central. For Mike Mayock, John DeShazer, Joel Myers, Chris Broussard, producer Dan, all on the show today. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.